0: Praise the Lord. Alright, we have to continue. Perhaps this may be the last part that I want to handle. I don't know, but then. You know, so far. We still dealing on that uh, simple subject. Romans 14 verse 17 to 18. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But righteousness and peace and joy in the holy ghost for he that is in these things of Christ is acceptable to god and approved of men amen he who is in these things what things righteousness peace and joy because so if you serve god in these things you have the approval of men And you are acceptable to God Amen Alright so uh, I think last week I did mention to you Three types of Joy Or sources of joy Three types It talks about that which is just physical joy Which comes by way of Contacts in your bodies And all of that And then we talk about the soulish type of joy which you can experience by reason of the things that happens to you. And I mentioned things like maybe your birthday ceremonies, your wedding day, day child was born, day you get married. All of these things are sources of joy that comes to you. But the only unfortunate thing is, except by his grace, those things diminishes along the line. But that I mean, the joy that you are supposed to be experiencing because of those happenings finally disappears. If care is not taken, if God doesn't come into the picture. Amen? Uh, Then we have... The last point which I mentioned is the joy of the kingdom Which I said it's not something that is not uh, it's not connected to anything in the external It's not connected to anything that is happening It's an unchanging joy because the source is unchanging Amen? Uh, for instance, if you talk about marriage, your husband can change, your wife can change Any of those things can change And then the joy you derive from coming to the relationship begins to diminish Is that Okay Alright, but God, who is the source of the joy of the kingdom, doesn't change, so His joy doesn't change, the permanent joy. And, uh, for instance, in Matthew 13, verse number 38, we look at Matthew 13, verse 38, the scripture says, uh, it was trying to interpret the parable of the soil, and the verse 38 said, the field is a wall, the goat seed are the children of the kingdom, but it tells are the children of the wicked one. Now what I want you to pick there is the children of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. So here we have a set of people called the children of the kingdom. And if the joy we are talking about is a product of the kingdom. It means therefore that there are a set of people who can experience the joy on the face of the earth. Amen. See, the joy is of the kingdom. And there are children of the kingdom, meaning that this set of people can experience the joy of the kingdom that they belong to. So there are some people who can experience the joy of the kingdom because they belong to the kingdom. Is that okay? All right. So, uh who are these people? Who may begin to look at that Well these people are supposed to be experiencing the joy of the kingdom In the book of uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 The Bible says For as many as they are led by the spirit of God They are what? The sons of God Sons of God is defined for us here in Romans chapter 8 Which also has to do with the children of the kingdom So the children of the kingdom And the sons of the kingdom are but one The same Uh, But then there is a major thing that characterizes the children of the kingdom or the sons of the kingdom. They are those who are led by what? The Spirit of God. Praise the living God. That means if God originates your actions, you always come out joyful at the end of the day. Praise the living God. You must be able to come to a place in life where you really come to understand that God is for you and not against you. You must come to that place in life. That God is for us and not against us. Amen? And then, understand the Father. Because of that, all things will always work together for good. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, once again, we'd like to define what is the nature of this joy. I mentioned that last week. It's an unchangeable joy. But, let's look at the scripture again this week. Uh, John 15... And I'm going to look at verse 11 and then 2 Corinthians 6 verse number 10. John 15 verse 11. The Bible says, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. I want you to know the word remain. My joy may remain in you And that your joy May be full Amen Come to completion Okay look at 2 Corinthians Let's see Let's look at something Book of 2 Corinthians Chapter 6 verse number 10 Praise the Lord The word says As sorrowful Yet always rejoicing As poor Yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Now, the key part I want you to see, this is like a paradox. As sorrowful, yet always what? Rejoicing. I want you to think about that. How can a man be sorrowful, and yet rejoicing? It's like they can't work together. But that's the kingdom principle. You see, what causes sorrow does not really water down the joy of the kingdom. There may be things around you that makes you sorrowful. But there is still that eternal joy that God has given. That even the sorrows that you seem to be experiencing cannot dampen. As sorrowful, yet always what? Rejoicing. It's a big paradox. How can you be in such a state? There are things that makes you feel bad. There are things that look ugly. There are things that are really, you know, perplexing your life. But in the midst of that, the Bible says, Always, not sometimes, always what? Rejoicing. As sorrowful. But always rejoicing. You see, the truth is that you're a Christian doesn't mean you will just escape everything that will bring sorrow or pains once in a while. They are there. No matter the anointing, no matter the grace, no matter the power you carry, there are things that will still bring sorrow to your life, one way or the other. But what I'm trying to say, as a kingdom person, no matter what seems to be going on, that was supposed to bring sorrow to your life, there is always a rejoicing factor in your life. That definitely overcomes the sorrows that you seem to be experiencing. Amen? But it's a difficult thing for the natural man. But when it comes to the things of the Spirit, with God all things are what? Possible. That means there might be sorrow looking at you on the face, but there will also be joy that is always there. Because of the Spirit. We're talking about the sons of the kingdom. So, like I said, this is more of a paradox. It's difficult to be in sorrow and yet always rejoicing. Men, hallelujah. So, here we find that the the power of the kingdom is beyond human comprehension. It is not you, not the things you have, but the spirit resident within you. It is the abiding joy of the kingdom. Like Jesus said, that your joy may remain. The word remains means primarily... It's talking about to stay in a given place, in a state, in a relation or expectancy to abide. So we're talking about an abiding joy. An abiding joy. That your joy may remain. Watch this. There are things that speaks of sorrow. There are things that makes you feel crazy. Let me just permit me to use the word. But there is still an abiding joy. That in the midst of those things that looks so ugly that it something that makes you happy on your inside. It is not something that you can walk. It is not something that you can do. It is not something that anything external can bring to you. But the joy is just there. There is something that pops up within your spirit that makes that thing that seems very ugly around you not to become visible to your mind anymore. Joy is still there. And it's it's really a crazy state if I may use the word. Because when people are supposed to be sympathizing with you, they seem to see that there is joy coming out of your face. You'll be wondering, and people be may wondering, maybe they feel well, it's like it's not it's not serious, it's like this they didn't pain this person that much. You know, see there is a godly sorrow and there's a worldly sorrow. Uh, Just like there is a godly joy And there is a worldly joy Are you getting what I'm talking about? There is a worldly sorrow There is also a godly sorrow There is a worldly repentance There is a godly repentance Hallelujah You need to understand this Now people can easily relate to the natural So they can relate to the godly I mean the, the worldly sorrow The worldly repentance The worldly tears and all of that But the question is what is the spirit like in that state? Hallelujah. So you find that there is something that is abiding within your system that can really be able to overcome the sorrows that are around you. As you press into the kingdom, as you press into the most holy place, as you become the expression. Don't you forget that the Bible talks about the children of the kingdom. Meaning their existence is completely different from the prevailing situations. The children of the kingdom. So the children of the kingdom can experience joy in the midst of that which looks ugly, difficult, and perplexing. They'll see joy in their lives. Hallelujah. Are you sitting with me? But as a very, to the natural man, it's a difficult place to be. But to God, with God, the Bible says all things are what? They are possible. So I'm talking about that which is possible. Very possible. That no matter how rough and tough things could be, the joy of the Lord is still going to be your strength. Hallelujah. Amen. So what are we talking about? In this sense, we are talking about the abiding joy that cannot be affected by circumstance or the environment that are manifested by the sons of the kingdom. Nothing. Nothing in the art world or in the environment that can affect this joy that we're talking about. It practically nothing can affect it. Practically nothing can affect it. That's what we're saying. That's the joy of the kingdom. That is what God has called us into. What God is calling us into. What God intends us to experience and to manifest. Hallelujah. Amen? Now, Christ Is the embodiment of this joy What I mean to say is Christ Is the Body source, the author And the carrier of this joy Uh, And I just need to read something here Maybe Let's look at Hebrews Hebrews 1 8 To 9 Hebrews 1 8-9 Praise the Lord It says But unto the son is said God is speaking to Jesus now about Jesus The throne of God is forever and ever A scepter of righteousness Is the scepter of thy kingdom That have loved righteousness And hated iniquity Therefore God Even thy God has anointed thee With what? The oil of gladness above thy fellows. Hallelujah. So there is something that Christ carried. It's called the oil of gladness. Above other people. It means there was something that Jesus lived by or lived with in his physical incarnation. Which is called the oil of gladness. Amen? And that thing can sustain him. That it can keep him going. That in the midst of what seems very contrary to the natural. You still find Christ very stable. Now, so the point is this joy I'm talking about keep you, it keeps your head straight. It keeps you stable in the midst of very ugly circumstances and situations. You can still maintain your peace. Amen? see very possible for you to still maintain your peace in the midst of very ugly situation joy can still be bubbling out of you when men are going down you're still standing praise the living God don't forget what makes people go down is lack of natural things but that is not your state because that is not the source of your strength did you get that Natural things makes people go down But that is not your state Because you are not built on natural strength There is something which is your strength Which is the joy of the Lord So when men are losing their head You find that you are still very composed That's why you find that this joy Is already connected to the peace we discussed before So in the midst of the ugly storm that was Facing the disciples on the river, Jesus was still calm. Jesus could still stand before Pilate and be slapped and spat upon and utter nothing. He was still stable. He couldn't lose his control at that moment to fight back. He was still stable. Two things could keep him going. The joy and the peace of the Lord. Amen. I think what we lack most essentially as believers today is these two factors. The joy of the Lord and the peace of the Lord. Which has to do with the joy of the Lord and the peace of the kingdom. We lack them. That is why every little thing stirs us up and then we react so negatively sometimes. And uh, maybe by the time we are true, we begin to say, oh man, why did I even do this? And that will day to find that your natural man overwhelm the joy that is supposed to be in your life. But the truth is, as sons of the kingdom, as children of the kingdom, what you control us is the joy of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So here the Bible says, Because you love righteousness, therefore the Lord has anointed thee above thy fellows with worth the oil of. Gladness. That is a unique oil. Everybody's looking for oil. Everybody wants oil upon his head. Everybody wants anointing, if you want to use the word. But there is an anointing of gladness. I think we need that more. I believe so. Boats, pastors, children, mothers, and whatever. We need the oil of gladness. Now, the point is, if Jesus is the head, of the body, which is the church, and is carrying the oil of gladness, automatically we should believe that if we are in Christ, the oil of gladness ought to rub on us. Does that make sense? Good. It should rub on us. So that is why every day we ought to be conforming into the image of Christ. So if we carry the oil of gladness and it was so stable in the midst of very ugly situation, God expects us to be very stable because the same oil is rubbing on us. Just like Aaron and the oil and the beer and then the garment. Is that okay? Alright. Praise the Lord. Now look at something in Isaiah 51. Remember? That have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, had anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellow. Okay. Isaiah 51. Let's look at verse 1 to 3. And then we're going to jump down to verse 10 to 11 but let me look at this praise the lord hacking to me ye that follow after what righteousness now don't forget that have loved righteousness therefore the lord thy god has anointed thee above what thy fellow now he said listen to me you that follow after righteousness now remember what the scripture says seek ye for the kingdom of God and what? his righteousness you who follows righteousness now who is the righteousness in the true sense? the righteousness of God is Christ himself is that okay? they that follow righteousness another one saying they who follow Christ listen to me is that alright? ye that seek the Lord look unto the rock whence you are hewn and to the whole of the pit, whence you are dead. Verse 2. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bear you. For I call him alone, and bless him, and increase him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. Where's Zion? The church. He shall comfort all what has with places. And he shall make her wilderness like Eden. And at this all are the garden of the Lord Joy and gladness Shall be what? Found therein Thanksgiving and the voice of Melody The good thing is joy and gladness Don't forget Because you love righteousness The Lord has anointed you with the oil of what? Gladness This thing is booming. Check it Praise the Lord Joy and gladness shall be found therein Thanksgiving and the voice of melody shall be found where? In Zion. Where is Zion? The church. Who is the head of the church? Christ. What, what did God anoint Christ? The oil of gladness. Who should experience it? The church. So if we are truly following Christ, if we are truly following as the followers of righteousness, God is promising us from His word. That we are supposed to experience what? Joy and gladness. Hallelujah. Look at this 10. And thou not it which hath dried the sea, the waters of the great deep, thou hath made the depth of the sea a way for the ransom to pass over? Look at verse 11. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return, and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be where upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall the world flee away. So when you come to Zion, which is the church, this basically ought to be our experience. And somebody said, But I've, I've been a believer for quite some time, and I see have some problems confronting me. Yes, I'm saying, remember already the book of Second Corinthians, chapter six, verse ten a sorrowful yet always what? Rejoicing. There is something that you experience that makes the pains you are passing through to pale into something very significant in your life. That is a kind of an experience that you don't feel it the way the natural man should or feel it. Hallelujah. Um, medically, I think we have things we call sedative. huh? That dulls your mind, dulls your system. At that stage, even if they pierce a needle on you, you don't feel it. Am I right? Good. The pain is there, but you don't feel it. That's exactly what I'm saying. As long as you are in this world, there are things that will make you feel pains. But I'm saying, as kingdom people, that in the midst of those pains, there is an experience you have that you don't seem to feel the pains. Though the pains are there. Hallelujah. I say so. Always is a sorrowful, yet always what? Rejoicing. Praise the living God. So the Bible is saying now Even look at verse 10 to 11 It's trying to say God wants to chase some things away from your life It's like God wants to deliver He wants to get you out That's what He's trying to say Praise the living God So God carries this anointing of joy And if it's the head of the body The child Then the same grace or anointing Was of necessity flow from the head to the body Meaning we can manifest the same level of joy That he had or he lived with in the world, in spite of the things that he suffered or he went through. He passed through as a human being. Remember this, I want you to keep that in mind. He took on the flesh and blood just like we are. Is that true? Hallelujah. He took on flesh and bones just like we are. He took on the seed of Abraham just like we are. So, if he was able to go through this life with joy, going to Hebrews 1, He could go through every situation with joy and we are supposed to be as he is. So are we in this world. It means we can go through every situation yet with what? Joy. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm saying it's possible. Amen? It's very possible. That we can pass through very terrible situation and yet we're still very happy on the inside. It's possible. Men may see you to be crazy. And don't you forget this. Everyone who is truly a kingdom mindset person, everyone who is truly really living a kingdom life, is never seen to be normal. Remember, they said Jesus was beside himself. That means he was mad. Remember, they said Paul... Was beside himself. That means he was mad. To the natural man, every true believer is a mad person. Is that okay? Because your life is contrary to their life. Your attitude is contrary. Can you see a situation as something that is supposed to bring sorrow to people? And then somebody will be rejoicing in the midst of that. Somebody will still be happy in the midst of that. Of course, to them you are really mad. You must be a mad person. You don't know what you are doing. They know what they are doing But you don't know what you are doing Is that okay But that is practically how the kingdom works It's an upside down kingdom An upside down kingdom Because When men are supposed to be looking up to get things Or on the other hand, They are looking down to get things You are looking up to get things When men are trying to grab to be rich You are giving away to be rich It's always very contrary Is that okay for you to be rich, as far as God is concerned, is to give. But for the world, for you to be rich, is to do what? Is to acquire. So it's always an upside down kingdom. In every way. Praise the Lord. Are we there? Okay. Again, as I made us to understand that, this joy is to be manifested by the redeemed of the Lord. Meaning the redeemed of the Lord has his joy. As An inheritance abiding within. Praise the living God. Amen. Now, I, I, I have to remind you about the issue of happiness that I mentioned last week. Happiness is a product of happiness. Is that okay? Hey, are we together? Like I mentioned in the beginning. You have good present, you bought a new car, somebody gave you a present, bought, bought a hard for you. Happenings or happiness, they are all the same thing. They are based on happenings. Everything that happens to you triggers happiness. Alright? Good, good things that comes your way, brings happiness to you. Somebody bless you with some money, your happiness goes up. So it's directly connected to happenings. And if it's connected to happenings, that means also connected to everyday life. But everything that happens on everyday life outside of God's spirit is temporal. Therefore, the happiness that follows happenings in your life is equally what? temporal. Is that okay? Hallelujah. And that's why I mentioned to you things like birthday, celebration, things like newborn baby, things like a new car, things like, you know, name all of that, marriage, whatever. Just name it, wedding. All of those things are happenings in a man's life. And their joy are also temporary. They are all temporal. They are not abiding. But I would like us to see something in relation to happiness. If you truly want to have happiness, Look at it. Psalm 144. 144. Psalm 144. If you truly want to have an abiding happiness, the joy of the Lord. If you really want to have an abiding happiness, look at look at it. Psalm 144. 144, verse 15. Happy is that people. That in such a case, yea, happy is that people. Whose God is the Lord Hallelujah Did you did you find that there? Who are the people to be happy? The people whose God Is the Lord So what is that supposed to mean to us? It means If we replace The things that gives us happiness With God We can have the true happiness That we are supposed to have. Hallelujah. Did you did you follow what I've just said there? Listen, this is what the Bible says, seek it for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All other things shall be what? Added. If natural things are the things that gives you happiness, the Bible is saying those who are supposed to be happy truly are those who have God as what? As their Lord. True happiness comes when God is at the center of your life. This is a happiness that cannot die out because God can die out. Hallelujah. Did you find it there? We've seen people have so much money. And they seem to be happy at the point because of those money. Then something struck along the line. And all those money just begin to go, bit by bit. You find that the happiness well, it was following those things. Do you understand what I mean by that? The happiness follows everything. It's like, you bought a new car. And you're driving your new car, and maybe you are so happy, you're looking at the car and things like that. And somebody decides to maybe, or you give the car out or maybe your child or something And this person drove out the car. And the next thing you are hearing is the car has got an accident. Smashed. Maybe beyond repair. The joy you had two days ago is all now sorrow. That means the joy followed the car. Did you get that? (laughs) The joy followed the car. It's like when the car was going, the joy was also going along. And the moment the car was smashed, your own jaw was also was smashed. Everything went together. So the Bible is saying, do you want to consider those who ought to be happy? Say, these are the people that have made God their Lord. What do you mean God being their Lord? Mean God is at the center of your life. It's your Lordship. It's the one that controls you. The Lordship of Christ has to do with you enthroning Him so being charged in every situation in every circumstance of your life you're always looking unto the Lord, whatever it is even if it's a natural joy trust into it that well he is the one that provided hallelujah you see I think Job had this kind of grace if I may use the word because his properties didn't seem to really take his joy away even though they were going along is that okay? And he would say, Even if one eat of this body yet, on this body shall I see God. Say if a tree is cut down, as long as the stump is there, the tree shall grow again. Hey, Amen. Think about it. What is he saying? The source of the tree is the stump. The roots. So it's no problem if my property goes, because the source is not the property. The source is God. Therefore, I will cause my source. His joy was still intact. Do you understand this? So who is the man that is supposed to be happy? Is the man that has God at the center of his life. No matter what blessings that are coming, acknowledge the source. It's from God. Amen? So who is it that's going to be happy? Continually is the man that has God at the center of his life. There are a lot of things that really, really come to our way that makes us feel very bad. But if we have our mind on God, I tell you something. God is going to come through for us, Amen. He definitely will come through for us. Everything that seems to be bringing pain to our life, God will definitely wipe out. That's why I say, who is it that dried the sea? Who is it that chased the people away? Who is it that I'm talking about the redeemed of the Lord? You know what? Every situation you find yourself, there is going to be a redemptive power that will flow through. God will come through for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, okay, now. Oh. What is God's ultimate desire for his people today? What do you think God is really intending to have for his people? Let's look at it. Look up Isaiah 6 1. Isaiah 6 1. Think about it. Isaiah 6 1. Let me look at verse 3. Praise the Lord. It talks about, you may read from verse 1 if you will, but we're looking at just verse 3. He said, To appoint unto them that more in Zion. Note that. To give unto them beautiful arches, the oil of joy for money, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be what? Glorified. Now I want you to know the, the beginning of this. Look at this. Say, To appoint unto them that more in Zion. That means. You could have things that will really produce mourning in the church. But he said there's an appointment. There is something he wants to do. Just like he anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness, he also wants to anoint those who mourn in Zion with the oil of gladness. Hallelujah! To be able to overcome the spirit of mourning. The spirit of joy, the spirit of gladness, he wants to give to you to overcome the spirit of mourning, the spirit of sorrow. There is something God wants to do for his people. Hallelujah. So he's talking about the garment of praise for the spirit of what? Heaviness. Praise the living God. You know a heavy heart, the Bible says will make you to, 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 to fold up or to bend double as the case may be. A heavy heart. Have you noticed that? Your heart is heavy all the time. Gradually, you're be bending. You'll be... You be. I believe that when your heart is a merry heart, it's like it's like medicine. The Bible says, but a heavy heart also is like poison. Hmm? And God here is saying, you want to remove the spirit of heaviness from your heart and give you the spirit of praise. Hallelujah! So that you have a merry heart. Somebody who has a merry heart is always joyful, no matter the situation. Don't you forget. This joy has nothing to do with that which is external. It has nothing to do with what Papa and Mama give to me. It have nothing to do with somebody bless me with. It is something that is just there abiding because the source of the joy is not materialistic. Amen. Hallelujah. So I really want you to capture this because it's very important. This is what God really wants to do. So where did we find the morning? The Bible tells us in, in Zion. Meaning right in the church, those who are in one form of sorrow or the other, the Lord shall replace it with the oil of joy. It's not a permanent situation that you have found yourself. And that is not to say the Father is not mindful of your situation. He promised a replacement of that morning situation with the oil of joy that the world cannot give. Can I hear an amen to that? There is something he wants to do. No matter how sorrowful you are. It's it's going to replace it with joy. It's going to replace it with gladness. Something will come that you least expected. Hey, I never knew God can be this good. I never knew God can be this faithful. See, what God wants to do in your life cannot be compared to what has happened. Hallelujah. And I speak that tonight prophetically. That God will replace every sorrow you carry with a spirit of joy and the spirit of praise every form of heaviness it will take out from your life hallelujah amen now turn with me to john 16. let's begin to see how we'll end up on these john 16 let me read from 20 to 22 john 16 The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, That ye shall weep and lament, But the world shall rejoice. And ye shall be in sorrow, But your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, Has sorrow, Because her hour is come, But as soon as she is delivered of the child, She remember no more the anguish for joy That a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, But I will see you again. (laughs) and your heart shall do what? Rejoice. And your joy no man taken from you. I like that. No man, no circumstance, no situation, no calamity can take the joy of the Lord from you. Amen? That is the kind of joy that God wants to give to us. The kind of joy that God wants to give to us. Okay, let me read it from the the message translation remember he was trying to say a little while I'm going to go away a little while I will not be with you and so on and so forth so they were just wondering what is this little while that he's talking about Jesus knew they were dying to ask him I'm reading from verse 19 now dying to ask him what he meant so he said are you trying to figure out among yourselves what I meant when I said in a day or so you are not going to see me but then another day or so you will see me. Verse 20. Then fix his family in your mind. Fix this family in your mind. You are going to be in deep mourning. Why the godless world throws the party. You'll be sad. Very sad. But your sadness will develop into gladness. When a woman gives birth, she has a hard time. There is no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the bed. This new life in the world wipes out memory of the pain. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain. But the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you'll be full of joy. And you'll be a joy no one can rob from you. Hallelujah. Now you see the picture Jesus is painting here not really just begin to understand a very simple way what was he promising them i am going to be away from you then the whole world will now be happy hey the man that called himself the messiah the man that said is your master is dead is crucified you understand that and the fear will come into your life you're going to be in sorrow but he said i'm going to see you again when did he see them again he saw them on the door of pentecost so ordinarily when you read The little while you see me A little while you see me no more I'll come again It's not tomorrow It's not yes to come No It was just simply saying 40 days from now On the 50th day as the case may be You are going to see me again And when you receive that Holy Spirit Your joy no man can take from you Hallelujah And that brings you to the new bed So when you receive the Holy Spirit You are born again You become a new man The Bible talks about a man-child that is born into the world. The man-child has to do with the Holy Spirit coming into your life. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, there is nothing in this world that really causes sorrow into your life anymore. The Bible says, That joy, no man can rob you of it. Because the source is of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So it's a permanent joy that no man can rob you of. He talks about the abiding presence. The source of this joy have nothing to do with the world. Second may be too rough. People, women can tell us what we're talking about here. The kind of pain, the kind of, the kind of stress they go through. The unliber pain and all of that. You know? But as soon as a child is born, man, instead of crying, they begin, what is the baby? Huh? Sometimes even the pain can still be there, but they just forgot about the pain. They want to see the baby. They want to kiss the baby. They want to hug the baby. They want to do all of that. Another thing entirely happens. That's exactly what would mean. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you are born again. A new baby is born into this world, and there is nothing in creation that can rob you of your new birth. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Now look at Psalm 16, Verse 10 and 11. Psalm 16. 10 and 11, look at what it says. For thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer the Holy One to see corruption. Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. At the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. In thy presence Is the fullness of joy. So if you truly want to have the fullness of joy, where are you supposed to be? Find yourself in the presence of God. You can't get the joy we are describing outside, you don't get it in movie houses, you don't get it in in theater, in club, you don't get it anywhere. Right? Even comedians can help us for a little bit. But you don't get it in the presence of comedians either. It's only one place you get this fullness of joy. The presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. So the more you seek His presence, the more joy you receive. How many of you understand that situation can be so tough, you really go to God in prayers, and by the time you are coming out of that place, a different thing begins to happen in your life. God speaking to your mind. God giving you instructions. God begin to talk to you. Amen? Praise the Lord. I mean, yesterday, (laughs) A brother sent me an SMS and said, Join me to pray. I've just sold some money. Good amount of money into another brother's life. And this brother also needs money. Much more than anybody else. Don't let God's grace. Because you know money in the natural is a source of joy. Am I talking to somebody? Where your account is up, your joy is up. Is that not true? And where your account is down, your joy is coming down. So if you have a little and yet you need so much for project for this for that and that little you have you can still be able to sew it out that is grace it only simply means you have really encountered god in a different level is that okay do you know what it means to release your property <laughs> release your property even on arid dress to give it out sometimes it's a headache for some people Not to talk of cash. And this time, you need the cash. It simply means you have really met with God in your closing. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Joy can only be found in the presence of God. We need to pray. We need to get closer to God. We need to seek His face. Let's not live our lives just like that. We just let it loose for everything to walk through. No, we need to be in His presence. We're going to find joy when we're in His presence. When we go in there and come out, we come out different people. Hallelujah. You take decisions that ordinarily you cannot take. The things that naturally will have been the source of your joy. The way for the joy of the Lord. And you know something? when you do that, there is a kind of joy that comes into your life. I, I know exactly what I'm talking about. That when this brother did what he did, a different joy comes into his spirit. Is that okay? You feel happy that a brother is assisted. It's not you're thinking about maybe the reward, but the joy that comes. Because look at what the Bible says. When you learn to the poor, you learn to who? To the Lord. You are in his praises the fullness of joy can only be found in the presence of God when we are tied to material things we can't have this joy that I'm talking about and when you are in His presence there is no material thing that is so important that you can give out to bless humanity are you still there with me let's learn to be in His presence so that natural things will not be the source of our joy praise the living God okay so this joy is realized as we are we have access to the presence of the Lord. Now, let me just... Hey, see, I have about two, three scriptures here. Time is gone. Let me rush this now so that we can finish with this. I don't want to talk about joy next week. Okay, Habakkuk 3. We read this last week, but let's read it again. Book of Habakkuk chapter 3, 17 down to 18. And I'm going to look at Isaiah 12. And went down. Habakkuk 3, verse 17. Although that a fig tree shall not blossom, Neither shall fruit be in the vine. The labor of the olive shall fail. And the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no help in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of what? My salvation. I mentioned this last week. Habakkuk is saying, Amen. even if my business is collapsing, it's not going to affect my joy. That is difficult. For the natural man. Your business is collapsing. You touch this one, it's not working. You told that one, it's not working. Hey. You've used all the wisdom you have in life to see how money can come. Money is not coming. And Habakkuk said, man, in the midst of all that, my joy in the Lord cannot be affected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he talks about the God of my salvation. Okay, now talk to Hebrews. Hebrews, very quickly Hebrews, I mean Isaiah please Isaiah 12, looking at verse 1 to 4, Isaiah 12 praise the Lord are you there? Isaiah 12, let's look at verse 1 praise the Lord look at what he said and in that day thou shalt say O oh Lord, I will praise thee though thou was, was angry with me, the anger is turned away And that comforted me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. And my song is also become what? My salvation. Now look at verse 3. Therefore with joy shall I draw water out of all. Out of the wells of salvation. My goodness. If you really want to benefit from your salvation, you need this joy. It is with joy that you draw the source of your strength. That's why Nehemiah said, The joy of the Lord is what? It's my strength. So everything that we ever get in relation to being redeemed and being a saved person is through joy. With joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Verse 4 says, And in that day shall ye say, Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is what is exalted. So the good news is, this joy has enabled you to draw life from the presence of the Lord. In other words, there are many streams of life that you can draw life from as a saved one of the Lord. But the strength of joy, hence the joy of the Lord is your strength. You need strength to draw water from anywhere. Here we are talking about the wells of salvation. Several wells that relate to your salvation. For which salvation is the source? E.G. We are talking about the well of wealth, The well of health. Just mention it. Several wells. Say the wells of what? Salvation. Streams by which you can pull life from. Hallelujah. With joy shall you draw water. From the wells of salvation. Several wells that salvation offers. In other words, you can't really get anything in life without joy as a believer. See what the Bible says? They are so in joy or so in tears, shall reap in joy. Is that okay? You need to understand the connection. Sorrow and joy, they are always there. The pains of the natural were always torn to joy. You need joy to be able. And then God loveth what? A cheerful giver. I can be God loveth a joyful giver. You need joy to be able to sow your seed. You need joy to do whatever to you do. it out of joy. Not out of compulsion, Not out of necessity. You need joy to draw from the words of salvation. Hallelujah. Amen? Okay. Let's take this. Isaiah 29, I think we may probably have to stop here. Isaiah 29, 18 to 19. Praise the living God. You need joy, the joy of the Lord to draw from the wealth of salvation. I see you coming out strong. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Hallelujah. And There are wells of wealth, wealth of health, wealth of divine health. Just name it. All these things are wells. Wells of salvation. Okay. Isaiah 29 verse number 18 and 19. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book. (laughs) And the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord. And the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. What does that mean? When an understanding begin to come to you. Who are the meek? The meek shall inherit the earth. Did the Bible say so? The meek are the believer. The meek are the saints. And the Bible is telling us precisely what did it is saying here. The meek also shall increase their joy to who? in the Lord. When what happens? When their eyes begin to open, their understanding begin to open, deafness is taken away. Dumbness is taken away. Blindness is taken away. Now you begin to see the way God intends us to see. And more strength is coming to you. To draw from the wells of salvation. The meek shall inherit the earth. And it's going to be based on the joy of the Lord. As it flows through us, we can prosper in all ways. That our joy might be filled. And the joy that is coming to us, no man take it from us. Praise the living God. God bless you.